Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is the daily update show we are recording on Wednesday, the 22nd of April, and I'm joined today by Sharad Vyas from Bombay, who's first up speaking, and I'm joined also by Jacob Koshi, deputy science editor from Delhi. Sharad is going to tell us first about a story that um, appeared in the Hindu today about uh, the central government releasing a number of releasing a projection for the number of cases that might happen in Maharashtra in uh, for Mumbai rather those are pretty alarming numbers the state government has contested that and uh, Sharad will tell us a little bit more about that story now Sharad what what are the what exactly happened here Hi Jan thank you for having me here um just to give you a context of what has exactly happened here uh as you would know bombay received a uh, mumbai got its first case on march 11th exactly a month later on april 11th the city crossed the 1000 mark and today we stand at uh, around 3451 3451 cases which is roughly 66% of the total cases in the state now on the 16th of this of this month a report was presented to the state government by a deputy director general rank officer of the union ministry of health and family welfare uh in which he is projected uh, uh covid-19 cases to touch an estimated count of 42604 by april 30 and subsequently to 656407 by may 15th uh this has been contested by the state government which has questioned the the sort of the modeling uh, that has been used uh, by the union ministry uh as you are aware the even the journal of american medical association has pointed to debates on on predicting future of the virus uh in one of the recent report it said in predicting the future of the covid-19 pandemic many key assumptions have been based on limited data and therefore state uh, in its own right has questioned this data uh and today the chief minister held a meeting uh, on on sort of state's response to this data okay and just um the the, the contention here is that uh, the central government i mean when did they when did they do this uh, study this modeling so the modeling is uh, is is based on data collected on 16th of april uh it has also drawn on certain um, certain assumptions uh including uh, including taking uh, including taking representations which are based on facilities data collected on 16th april uh doubling rate of 3.8 days and a compounded average growth rate of 20% so it has own, it's got its own assumptions uh Uh, and it was carried out on the 16th of april and subsequently presented to the state government okay and um, is there is there any mention here about um, the cases spreading in dharavi i, I know that that's been a, a big point of debate uh, and a big cause of concern also about you know community spreading etc so you're right the problem zone in mumbai has been the has been the g south ward which consists of uh, of worli where maximum cases have been recorded at i'd say a total of 487 yesterday uh and uh, of course the problem area has also been uh, g north ward which is dharavi which has so far received 180 cases and and 12 deaths uh the case fatality rate in dharavi stands at 6.6% which is much higher than the city's case fatality rate that's now stands at uh, 4.3% right okay and um, just you mentioned you mentioned that the chief minister addressed this today in in his press conference um i also saw a report that the centers recommended uh, more beds for more hospital beds for bombay for covid-19 is there um, any kind of brewing um, 
I mean, obviously, a report like this and this kind of disagreement might cause some tension between state and center. Any more indications that there is going to be this kind of tension? So, so you're right. Uh, the chief minister did take a stock of the report today, and he's ordered uh, two other hospitals in the city, Saint George and and GT Hospital, to be converted into complete COVID nineteen facilities. Um, as you're aware, Nair Hospital has already been converted into a fully COVID facility. Uh, the government has also sort of um, uh, ramped up uh, its response in terms of contact tracing uh, and other uh, measures. Um, like isolating uh, uh, high-risk cases in the slums, so that has been the government's response, and it is hoping that the numbers would be would be restricted within a lakh uh, by May 15, if not 6.5 lakh, as being projected by the center's report. Okay, okay, Shara, thank you for joining us. Fascinating story today, and um, we'll uh, we'll move on now to discussing developments in the health ministry. Uh, Jacob, um, firstly, just wanted to ask you: um, Do you have any do you have any comment about the the Bombay story? Uh, we both, I'm sure, you were as surprised as I was when I saw yeah, it in the paper this morning. Right, those numbers are truly staggering. But uh, again, as Sharad pointed out, you know, the essential tension is between how the projections are done. How, is it an epidem- epidemiological based modeling wherein you know you are actually factoring the R0, the R0, that is, you know, the infectivity between one person to the other. Are you properly accounting for the effect of the, you know, of the lockdown, etc.? So, yes, numbers are the hardest thing to forecast. And as, you know, Sharad also points out, you know, this is a extensively, this is a very contentious form of the debate as to just putting out numbers. Many modelers actually avoid putting out numbers and rather, you know, put out more tangible stuff like, for instance, how many hospital beds are likely to be required per district. Because now it is all, the overall numbers really don't matter now. It is up to district by district because hotspots are imposed in districts now. So it is that that is really of concern. But yes, these numbers only show the the kind of uh, magnitude of the problem that India can potentially face and the need to, you know, as it has been consistently said, use test more, test more uh, widely and thereby trace out potential uh, contacts and segregate them so that, you know, the numbers are more managed. Okay, right. So, Jacob, we didn't uh, we didn't have a show yesterday, um, but the big news of yesterday was that the uh, antibody kits, the rapid testing kits uh, yeah. have largely failed, the ones that have come in from China. Yeah. Um, I would I would like to point out that on this show several times we have been mentioning That's that um, there's no guarantee that they would work. And we also spoke about the fact that the ICMR has always seemed a little bit iffy about them. Mm. So, um, so right, where do we go from here, actually? Because that's a lot of kits that we've got from China. That's over, with some estimates, say over 6 lakhs. 6 right? lakhs, yeah, that's true. And 5 lakh more in the annual. So basically, this was, yeah. you know, as the ICMR and as science in general has always said that the, the antibody kits they are only to be used for surveillance. That is to get a rough idea of the kind of spread of the infection in a particular region. And they were not to be confused or not to be taken as uh, a replacement for the RT-PCR kits. That's because the RT-PCR, as we've discussed, you know, uh, is, is reliable and confirmatory because it identifies the genes of the, of the virus, whereas antibody kits are an indirect way of measuring the presence of a virus. They only measure the presence, they only detect certain antibodies and these antibodies are produced, you know, seven or eight, sometimes nine or 
at most 14 days after an infection sets in. So it's that is it's no real use in and it's possible that you know because this is a coronavirus and there are nearly four other kinds of common coronaviruses that cause cold and are widely located in in India. It is possible that these antibodies are produced even in reaction to some other kind of cold and not necessarily the SARS-CoV-2 that you know we are all uh, interested in now. That's why right. it has always been a, a, a bit of a gamble to use these kits, especially because this is too early in 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 terms of medical science progress itself to use RT-PCR kits very widely. Generally, these kits are validated for a long time and, you know, it, it takes a long, it takes months for a properly validated kit to come out. But now the whole world is in a hurry. Everybody wants to, to be doing something. Therefore, systems all over are under pressure to get out any kind of device that's possible. Even regulatory agencies have to so, sort of fast track, uh, you know, their approval processes, take big risks with certain uh, with certain devices and quits that would not have passed uh, you know all tests are actually now available in the market but the thing is all of this is factored in and uh, you know is kind of uh, being disseminated so but even so it was quite uh, remarkable that you know kits would show such a such a high variance that is there were kits that you know in some cases were only five percent positive. There were some kits that were seventy one percent positive. I mean, you can't have such a wide variation in when you're using the same number of kits in a particular uh, in a particular place. So it was quite. Um, uh, but again, you know, this the ICMR has said that this was kind of expected, which is why they have put a hold on it. Now I'm not sure what are they going to do in the next two days. Are they going to send back huge batches of uh, of these kits to China, if they, it's sent back, then what do we have as a replacement? So there are indigenous kits that are in on the anvil, but uh, you know they are they are still you know very far away from uh, commercial production. So this is all because again it boils down to you know the nature of the pandemic. Things have spread out so fast and caught so many people unawares that you know science really does take its time to catch up with uh, this kind of virus. Yeah, this just this does seem like uh, one of those instances where things have moved too fast. I mean, till now we have been very well, let's say laudatory, very appreciative about the fact that you know so many vaccines have gone into trials so soon, yeah. and so many uh, drugs are being retrialed, etc. But it does seem, as you say, that this was a test that uh, really needed more time for validation, and now we uh, seem to have got this huge order. I mean, any idea how much each of these kits cost? Do we have any figures like that? Well, I'm not really aware of the cost, but uh, it is much cheaper. I mean, companies haven't really shared costs. For the RT-PCR kits had a standard 4,500 rupee cost, and we knew that yeah. number. But no numbers for these have been discussed. On the other hand, because and I, I didn't really mention that, I mean, the reason why we use RT-PCR is because they are really quick. It's 15 minutes, you can get some kind of an indication, yeah. and it is useful as a potential screener. But because there are so many more producers of antibody kits, I would imagine that there is some, and they are made available in such large quantities. So I'm I'm assuming that you know there is more price competition in them, and you know prices actually uh, fall and are not as uh, really expensive as uh, the you know the, the RT PCR. But uh, even so, and this is it's a much cheaper kind of it's it's a it's the kind of older. The 1.0 version of uh, you know of uh, 
detection uh, technology, so to say. So these things aren't really expensive per se, but it's the kind of limitations that they bear that, you know, uh, really test its uh, its metals. Right. And uh, so Asni Haider, who's not joining us on the podcast today, has sent us um, some information about um, a Korean um, Korean company that is producing, I think it's that are, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's a made in India kind of effort. Yeah. So um, what's the what's what's the story on that? So it is a Manasar ba- Haryana based uh, uh, company, and you know it is one of those promising uh, companies that says it has the capability to manufacture a large number of kits in a very short time. Again, we don't we do not really know many details about the what is called the specificity and the sensitivity of the kit. So these are these are the two these are the two terms that identify every. Uh, kit you know specificity uh, basically re- basically refers to how how often the 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 kit, the kit is uh, uh, accurately able to detect an infection and not uh, you know say that and not and not falsely point out an infection and a sensitivity refers to how often the kit is able to uh, not miss out on uh, you know on an existing uh, existing viral infection so, so ideally, these kits should be in the high 90s. They should be doing it at least about 90, 95% of the time. They should be uh, accurately detecting infections. But practically, uh, you know, these are close to, these are less than 80% is, is, one, is one figure the ICMR official at once uh, publicly disclosed. We don't know which company was that. But, you know, these are... These are numbers that could potentially mean a high number of false positives. That is, nearly 20% of of cases could be falsely termed positive, and you know, 10 or 15% could be falsely termed negative. Now, in populations like India, this can mean big numbers, so to say. So we don't know how the South Korean kits also compare in terms of these numbers, but as ex- other experts have also said, over time, you know, better proteins and antibodies, uh, uh, better proteins that are very specific to the virus are able to be identified and this will improve the production of the antibody, the quality of antibody kits also. And once once one company manages to isolate this protein, which is a very good indicator of uh, SARS-CoV-2, it, that, that, that's knowledge that spreads widely all over and everybody would have copycat tests, so to say. And, you know, then you wouldn't really be bothered, uh, shouldn't be really worried about, you know, the, uh, the specificity sensitivity. But it's still early days for everybody. Right. Okay, Jacob, let's just round this off with um, an update from about the numbers now. Um, what's, uh, there wasn't a health ministry briefing today, I understand. Yes. But uh, there were some big announcements about um, the, the 15 crore package that has been confirmed yes. by the cabinet. And also a revamp of the epidemic, the 1897 Epidemics Act that basically now makes it culpable, makes, makes, makes uh, harassment of doctors and health workers punishable with, uh, you know, jail for up to probably a year and, you know, very heavy fines. I mean, that's what I could gather yeah. from the briefing. But yes, there was really no uh, the briefing today. And even the ICMR, in a, since the, and because they have put a hold on the use of these uh, uh, antibody kits, uh, I also imagine, you know, for some reason, they've also not been giving uh, the number of samples that have test, been tested positive for the last two days. So, uh that update is not coming from them. However, the health ministry has said that you know uh, there were there have been nearly fifty new COVID deaths, and uh, 
nearly 1,300 odd fresh cases have been uh, confirmed in the last 24 hours. On the optimistic bit, nearly 4,000 people have recovered from the disease. And, you know, our recovery rate has gone to nearly 20% from the 17% on uh, Wednesday. So uh, overall, we still have, we have crossed the 20,000 mark yesterday. And now we're closely inching to the 21,000 mark. So yes, we are again seeing that constant 1,000 to 1,500 number of uh, cases. Again, led by Maharashtra and uh, Gujarat, which are the two major states driving the uh, driving the pandemic, uh, really. So uh, that's pretty much how it is in terms of numbers. Right. Uh, we'll end that podcast here today. Uh, we'll be linking to two articles in the show notes. Um, one is uh, one is Sharad's uh, piece from Bombay today about the central government projections that we mentioned up front. And we'll also link to uh, the cabinet uh, decision today on the amendment to the Epidemics Act that Jacob uh, mentioned. And uh, Jacob, we'll end the show there. As I said, uh, thank you for joining me. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.